The main thing I want to get across to you on this tape is that God doesn't want any of us to be sick or have any kind of disease. The Lord wants us to be totally, completely free from all sickness and disease because he died on that cross to pay the price so that we could not only be saved, he didn't just become our substitute on that cross for sin, but he became our substitute for sickness and disease, and with his stripes, he removed our sickness and our disease. So he wants us to be totally free from all sickness and disease and to walk in his mighty miracle-working power and to be totally free from the enemy. Now then, I'm going to pray a prayer to start off with for you. And I want you to know that there's only one way that you can pray a prayer and get it answered. And that is you must start with Heavenly Father in the name of Jesus. So Father, I come in the name of Jesus on behalf of whoever the person is that's hearing this tape. I know that Jesus, that you are the mighty healer and you live within me. Now, I personally myself have no power to heal you, but Jesus, who lives within me, has all power, and he lives inside of me. But if you're a born-again Christian, he lives inside of you. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I claim your healing and miracle-working power to flow from this tape like a mighty river into the precious body of the person that's hearing this tape and to drive out and to destroy every sickness and every disease. Now, in Jesus' name, Satan, I have authority over you and I bind and break your power and I command you to take your hands off of God's property. This precious son or daughter of God that's born again, that belongs to the Lord, is God's property. And you have no right to God's property. So I command this person that's listening to this tape to be free from disease. This person has a right to be healed because they have been born again. I claim their healing to be in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus for healing the person that's listening to this tape. Now then, Father... In Jesus' name, I give you all the praise and the glory and the honor for everything that's done because we are a people that have needs and you are the one that meets all of our needs. Now then, in your name, Jesus, and with the Holy Spirit of God, we are everything. We have been given great and awesome power to speak your words on this earth and for you to perform great and awesome acts of miracle healing and deliverance. And we claim the healing and deliverance from the enemy for the person that's listening to this tape right now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. Thank you, Father. Now then, the first thing that I want you to understand 
And I'm going to read something here in Psalms 118. In fact, I may read all of that psalm, or most of it here in just a minute. But I want you to know, first of all, who the enemy is, and that it is not God. The enemy is the devil, and his demons and his fallen angels. Now, you can tell very easy when you go to the scriptures who the enemy is and who God is. Because the Bible clearly says that all good things come from the Lord and all evil things come from the devil. I'm going to quote you a verse in James chapter 1, verse 17 that confirms that. In James 1, 17, the Word of God says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above or from heaven. And it cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Now, he is an awesome God, and all good gifts come from him. Now, that's in James 1, 17. But then I want to go back and quote John 10, 10. John 10, 10 says, The thief, which is Satan, has come to kill, steal, and to destroy. But I, Jesus, have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly or to the full. So it's very easy from those sets of scriptures to tell where the good gifts come from and where everything else comes from. So if it's, if it's good gifts and it's prosperity and it's health and all those mighty things, then those are coming from the Lord. If it's sickness, disease, killing, stealing, and destroying, it's coming from the enemy, which is Satan and his demonic host. Now, let me tell you what you need to do. From my past experience, I have learned that if you want to see the Lord do great and awesome things for you to perform miracles and answer your prayers and things, you're going to have to do what the Scripture says in Matthew chapter 22, verse 36 and 37. As we read there, this man, the lawyer, he came to Jesus one day and asked him, and he said, Master, which is the great commandment or the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus answered him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. Now, in other words, what Jesus was saying here, you're not to have any other gods before you for no reason. God is supposed to be first in your life. And when you worship the Lord, you have made him number one in your life. Now then, only after you worship and praise God do you have a right to ask God to heal you or to do anything else for you. Now then, the main reason I believe that so many people get so few answers from the Lord on their prayers that they don't spend any time worshiping and praising the Lord. I think the very first thing that we should do is make sure that we're worshiping Him. Just like I go out across my farm out here, uh, I will have my hands raised 
just going across the farm. In fact, I feel more comfortable out here in the country than I do in my own church that I go to because they don't really get involved or caught up much in worship and praise. But I have noticed that some of the greatest miracles of healing and deliverance take place after I have violently worshipped and praised the Lord, as I have stood to my feet, as I've raised my hands in the service, and if I've just praised Him and worshipped Him. You are to put the Lord first. You are not to love anything more than you love Jesus. You're, you can't love your church more. You can't love your family more, your business, or your money. You can't love anything more than God. If you do, you're in trouble. You must put God first and learn to worship God first. So, I, I, again, I believe that's one of the reasons that so many churches, there's no power in these churches today, is because they do not worship the Lord. But he was very clear there to tell us that we are to worship the Lord. Now, some people think if they just sing a hymn or two kind of quietly in church that that's worship. They call that the worship hour. But that's not really worship. That really doesn't bring honor and glory to God. Now, then, so many people, they get up on Sunday morning, they go to church, and some of them even wonder, you know, why they even go to church because uh, they really just go to show off their dress or their new slacks or something. And, you know, if you if you don't go to church to praise and worship the Lord, one of these days the devil will attack you and he will kill you. One thing about it, for sure, the devil goes to church and he goes every Sunday. Uh, he'll help you sing. He'll help you teach a Sunday school class. He'll sit right beside you. And if you've got cancer... And he'll pat you on the back, too, and tell you, you're a perfect Christian. Don't change. You'll just have to die. But if you'll put first things first, there's no such thing as the devil killing you. He doesn't have the power to kill you if you'll worship the Lord. Now, if a person does not know that the Lord is the healer, when the devil comes upon him and tries to put cancer sickness and disease on him we just line up and agree with the devil and say what he says and many of us die early because we do not know what the word of God says in the area of healing and deliverance okay now I'm going to come back to this Psalms 118 that I talked about a few minutes ago and I want to read just a little bit of this in Psalms 118, and I'm going to be reading out of the Amplified Bible. It says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy and loving kindness endure forever. Let Israel say that his mercy and loving kindness endure forever. Now, there's another one of those places where the, the Lord is to say, Let us say, because we have what we say. So if we say that his mercy and loving kindness endures forever, that will get down into your spirit and it will come across to you. Now let the house of Aaron, the priesthood, now say that his mercy and loving kindness endures forever. Let those now who reverently and worshipfully 
worshipfully fear the Lord, say that his mercy and loving kindness endures forever. Now you will notice there, we talk about those who reverently approach the Lord and those who worshipfully fear the Lord. So those are two of the ways we need to come before the Lord with loving kindness and his loving kindness endures forever. Out of my distress, I called upon the Lord. The Lord answered me and set me free and in a large place. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is on my side and he takes my part. He is among those who help me. Therefore shall I see my desire established upon those who hate me. Now, who do you think it is that hates you? That's the devil and his demons. It is better to trust and take refuge in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust and take refuge in the Lord than to put confidence in princesses. All nations, the surrounding tribes, compassed me about. Now, listen to this. We're talking about our enemy. But in the name of the Lord, I will cut them off. Look at that. In the name of the Lord, I will cut them off. We have great power in the name of the Lord. Now, this enemy, they compassed me about, yet they surrounded me on every side. But in the name of the Lord, I will cut them off. Again, there in the Old Testament, the book of Psalms, he's telling us just like in the New Testament, what we can do in the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord, I will cut them off. Now, this is the picture of these demons. It says, they swarmed about me like bees. They blaze up and are extinguished like a fire of thorns. In the name of the Lord, I will cut them off. And that's awesome what we can do in the name of the Lord. You, my adversary, or Satan, thrust sorely at me that I might fall, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. The voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the, the house and the private dwelling places of the righteous. And the right hand of the Lord does glorious and mighty things. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord does gloriously and achieves strength. Now then, pay close attention to what the Lord says in Psalms 118, verse 17. He says, even though our enemies come upon us, he said, I shall not die but live and declare the works of the Lord because the Lord is mighty. Mm. Verse 18 says, the Lord has chastened me sorely, but he has not given me over to death. Praise the name of Jesus. He has set me free. And so we just confess and praise the Lord. Glory to his holy name. Now in verse 20, he says, This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous shall enter through it. I will confess, praise, and give thanks or worship to you, Lord, for you have heard and answered me. And you have become my salvation and my deliverer. Praise the name of the Lord. I want to give you an illustration here 
even though you may know God extremely well, and maybe you've been a Christian for 20 or 30 years, and you think you really know the Lord, but I want you to realize something. The devil knows God, and he knew God very, very well, because I want to read you something here in Ezekiel about where the devil, when his name was Satan, where he used to walk. It says here, in Ezekiel 28, starting with verse 13, Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth. And I have set thee so, thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the, throne, the stones of fire. Thou was perfect in all thy ways from the day that thou was created till iniquity was found in your heart. Now, just think about this. Think where the devil had been. Now, he had power. I mean, he had lots of power. You know, he was, he was upon the holy mountain of God, and he walked up and down in these stones of fire. You know, so what happened to him? The Scripture says that Iniquity was found in Lucifer's heart. And the, the scripture says here in uh, Isaiah 14, verse 12, says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground? Now, the devil, the problem with the devil is the same thing for all with a lot of us. The devil decided that he would do his own thing, that he would absolutely uh, do everything his way. And that's what caused his fall. So whatever you do, do it God's way. You get back to the Word of God, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and however Jesus did it, that's the way we need to do it. Now then, in Isaiah 14, you go on here in verse 13 and 14, For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God, and I will set upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. And I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, and I will be like the Most High God. Now, isn't that amazing? You know, this is what caused the devil's downfall, and this downfall can also be mine and your problem. You know, so we, we might have been the best Christian in, in town for many years, and we might have even won several people to Jesus. But if you turn your head away a little bit from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and start doing your own thing, you'll fall just like the devil did. I think this is one reason the church has no power today. We don't really believe the Word of God. You know, we, we go out here and we build churches you know, some of them even got uh, sometimes several hundreds or several thousand people, and we've you know, absolutely won many people to Jesus. But still, we don't teach the Word of God the way the Lord tells us to do it. If we don't watch ourselves, even though we're called of God to go out and preach the gospel, we'll get to telling people other things that besides what the Bible says, and you'll just be amazed that first thing you know that you have stopped worshiping the Lord. There's no worship. There's no praise. You're not thanking Him. 
You're not praising him. You're not waking up in the morning praising him. You're not driving down the road praising him. You're not coming home in the evening praising him. And whenever he said we are to put him first, we are to worship him and praise him. Now then, if we don't do that, we will lose our vision. There's just no two ways about it. But you have to continuously be on the increase. You have to worship. This is one of the most important things that we can do is worship and praise the Lord. Now, if you're not continuously worshiping and praising the Lord, you're going to lose your desire to go to church. You're going to lose your desire to go out and witness to people. You're going to lose your desire to go out and minister to people, give a handout tracts or to lay hands on the sick, to get people healed and to get people saved. You'll lose that desire to do those things. And you might say to me, well, I don't go out and do those things now. Well, see, that's your problem. That's why you're not doing these things, because I guarantee you, if you will worship and praise the Lord, he will reveal himself to you through the scriptures. And as you worship and praise the Lord every day of your life, as you'll do exactly what the word of God says, he will come to your house. He will, him and the Father will come and make their dwelling place with you and great and mighty things will happen to you. And then whenever you go out and you'll have a desire, you'll have a burning desire in your heart to go out and minister to people, to get people saved, to get people healed, to get people delivered from the uh, forces of darkness, and you will just absolutely become a different person. Now then, if you are obeying the Lord and worshiping praising Him, Satan will leave you. Now, I'm going to give you a scripture in Matthew 4, uh, verse 10, where Jesus, the Spirit had led Jesus into the wilderness, and the devil came to him. And he had tempted him, he had tested him, he had tried him. And after he had did this, I want, to see, I want you to see what Jesus did. He said, Get behind me, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Now then, the next verse, verse 11, tells us what happened. Then it says, the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. Now, if you will worship and praise the Lord, just like Jesus did right there in Matthew 4, as you worship the Lord, the devil will leave you. Now, if you don't obey God by worshiping him, the devil, he will have a legal right to come right into your house and give you some kind of sickness and disease, cancer or anything. I'm warning you here, the devil has the right to walk in and do anything he wants to do if you don't worship God. But when the devil comes into your house and finds you worshiping and praising Jesus every day, he'll do exactly what he did up there in Matthew 4.10. He will leave you and he will not have any place uh, to make you sick or anything else. Now then, I'm not talking about just worshiping on Sunday. I'm talking about worshiping, wake up in the morning, worshiping the Lord. You know, during the day, worship Him. Walk through your workplace, raise your hands and say, praise the Lord, worship the Lord. At night, worship Him and praise Him, you know, all day long. In fact, in Psalms 22:3, the Lord says, God inhabits the praise of His people. Now when you praise the Lord, you build him a dwelling place or a habitation. And if you build God a habitation or a dwelling place with your praise and worship every day, I guarantee the devil won't be there. 
Now, worshiping and praising God should be a way of life for every Christian because in Philippians 4, 4, Paul told us, Rejoice in the Lord always. Oh, just think of that, always. And again, I say rejoice. In other words, we should be rejoicing and praising the Lord. We should be, we should, in other words, what we should be doing is we should be putting God first. Now, if you will worship the Lord and you will praise Him, and you'll talk to him, and you'll do it on a regular basis, God will share his power with you, and you will be able to see him do great and wonderful things if you'll believe his word. Now then, here's how to start off your day by worshiping God. The thing you should do, you should wake up in the morning, you should raise your hands and lift them as high as you can. Just, you know, just raise your hands and open up your mouth and say, Jesus, I love you. I am yours, Lord, and I thank you. And that I thank you, Lord, that my name is written in heaven. I just praise you, Lord. I worship you, Jesus. You are the greatest that there is, O God. I worship you, Lord Jesus. There is no other gods before you, Jesus. And I just want to thank you, Jesus, because you are my Savior and my Lord and my healer and my deliverer and my provider. Thank you, Lord, for your divine healing power. Oh, precious Jesus, your healing power is flowing through my body right now to drive out every affliction in Jesus' name. No affliction can stay in my body. I belong to you, Lord, and I worship you, Jesus. Now, remember, if you will do this and you will put Jesus first, then only after you worship and praise God, then and only then do you have a right to ask the Lord for anything and expect Him to give you an answer. Now, after you have worshiped and praised the Lord, the next thing is to pray. Now, I've told lots of people, I wake up in the morning sometimes at 4 o'clock and I'll pray for an hour or two and People will say, how in the world can you pray that long? What do you say? Well, I talk to God. I ask him to do things. I praise him and thank him for the things he already has. But I see the Lord do awesome, wonderful things. Now, you know, this uh, it has a cost. And I think that's why so few of us, you know, never see any wonderful things because it has a cost. It takes continual prayer. You know, that prayer is a way that God has provided for man to reach heaven and see the things of heaven come down to earth. Now, God's will is praying, not just thinking about something. And the most important decision you'll ever make isn't whether or not to go to college to get a degree or to get your master's degree or your doctor's degree. Now, all those things are wonderful. It's okay to do those things. But it's a lot more important to learn how to pray. Prayer isn't limited to anything. If you learn how to pray and believe what you read in God's Word, you can have anything from God you want. Glory to God. He will bless you. It's, it's just absolutely awesome uh, what happens. Now, one of the things you need to know, nothing on this earth happens except in answer to a prayer of faith by a redeemed, born-again man or woman of God. People say, well, God will just do that anyway. No, he won't. He won't do it, and he won't do it just because you pray either. 
You need to pray in faith. You need to pray believing. You know, it takes prayer and lots of it. Now, if you want to really see the Lord begin to do some great and mighty things for you, start praying one or two hours every morning. And I'm, I, people say, wow, I don't have time to do that. Well, if you don't have time to pray, if you don't have time to put God first, you will never see him give his power to you. You will never see any of these wonderful things. But if you will take the time to pray, if you will talk to God, if you'll spend one, two, or three hours, if you'll spend that time with the Lord every day, pray to him going to work. I have a 45-minute drive from where I live to work. And a lot of times I'll start praying and talking to the Lord right after I leave the house. And sometimes I'll still be praying and talking to him and praising him and worshiping him for things I need and things I want to see him do that day when I drive into my workplace. And when you do that, if you will do that, you will call God on the scene and you will see the Holy Spirit take over and great and mighty things will happen. Now, lots of churches are as dead as they can be because they never have anybody praying. In fact, more than likely, the churches that have no prayer meetings going on or very little prayer meetings going on, the church is probably in existence because the men and women that pray at home, that pray for that church and for that pastor and for the people in that church because lots of people never pray. Now then, the Lord told us in Second Chronicles seven fourteen, which is a very well-known scripture. Uh, lots of people know that. The Lord made us a promise there. He said, if my people, now that's us, the Christians, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and will heal their land. So if you'll pray, you'll seek God, and you'll turn from your wicked ways. Now, that's the thing. You can't uh, pray and seek God and continue to live uh, in sin. If you're sinning some way, if you're living out of wedlock with a woman or a man, or if you're lying, stealing, cheating, all those things, you've got to repent. You've got to stop doing those things because God won't share his power with you if you're doing those things. You need to be obedient. And if you'll do those things, then he says, I will forgive their sins, and then I will heal their land. Now then, when you pray, the most important thing, I, when you begin to ask the Lord for something, don't just pray. Know the Word of God. Get scriptures, things, promises that guarantees you can have what you ask the Lord for. Because if you don't, first of all, Hebrews eleven six. The Lord says, without faith, it is impossible to please God because those that come to him must believe that he is and that he rewards those who diligently or earnestly seek him. So if you don't get scriptures, you don't get, in other words, if you need healing, if, if you're praying for healing or praying for the healing of another person, you need to take scriptures. You need to get scriptures like Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. You need to get scriptures like Matthew 8, 16, and 17. You need to get scriptures like 1 Peter 2, 24. Because 1 Peter 2, 24, as well as all those others, it says, by whose stripes, of course, here, this is talking about Jesus, you were healed. Now then, 
if you don't come to the Lord with scriptures and pray in faith, it's not going to do you any good to pray. I've seen many people, many people that have prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and asked God for something, and then they turn around to walk off, and I say, well, have, how long have you been praying for this? Well, a year, two years, three years. I say, uh, what scripture are you using to base your faith on? And, well, I don't have one. And I said, well, you, you see what you've got? Nothing. I said, so let's get us a scripture. If you're praying for healing, we'll go to those uh, mighty promises like 1 Peter 2, 24. We'll read that and then say, Lord, there it says, you promised us that by what you did on that cross, we were healed. That's past tense. So we don't have to be sick anymore. So we ask you now by the power of the Holy Spirit upon these scriptures to heal our body. And we thank you because it's done in Jesus' name. And then go and begin to worship him and praise him for the answer. And as you go, your answer comes. You get healed and you receive your answer. Praise the Lord. Now then, if you'll do exactly what uh, uh, Proverbs 4.20 says by getting the word, I want you to see what the Lord says here. He said, My son, attend to my words. Incline your ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. Now then, if he says, attend to my words, uh, that does not mean to just read God's word once or twice a month. You can't attend to God's word when you do that. I mean, to attend to something means to take care of it. That means to read it, to study it, stay in it every day. Now, if you'll do that, you will learn what God's Word says. Now, I get amazed at people that come to me and ask me to pray for them since I've developed the bold faith that I have, and that's okay. I don't mind praying for people, but we should all study God's Word. We should have it hidden in our heart, and therefore, when you need an answer, you can go to God's Word. He's no respecter of persons. He'll answer your prayer just like he does mine, but he'll only answer them if you worship him, you praise him, you go to the Word of God, you learn the Word, and then you come to him on your own. Now, when you come to God on your own, if you have got scriptures to base your faith on, and, and it's this many, many, many beautiful, wonderful promises in here that'll give you virtually anything you want, but it's easy to take God's Word and to pray in faith, and then after you pray, believe you have received, and just begin to go and thank him and praise him for the answer. And I guarantee if you will do that, you will be able to get your prayers answered too. But you must worship, you must praise, you must hide God's word in your heart, you must be obedient, you must go to church, you must tithe, you must be an obedient son or daughter. And then... And only then, after you've gotten the Word by studying it, hiding it in your heart, then and only then, when you come to the Lord on behalf of these Scriptures, will you be able to get your prayers answered. But He will answer your prayer. But don't pick up a book or the Bible or a book about the Bible and say it's got uh, 100 pages in it or whatever, or say you're going to read... Uh, say you make a new resolution. I'm going to read the book of Corinthians. And six months later, you still hadn't read that little short book of Corinthians. If you're going to read the book of Corinthians, sit down and read the whole thing in one setting. It doesn't take but just a few minutes. And then every night, 
reread the book of Corinthians and ask the Father in the name of Jesus to give you revelation and wisdom from his mighty word. And if you will do that, he will begin to open the scriptures to you and you will begin to get tremendous revelations from the word of God. So if you will be diligent and earnest at this, then as you hide God's word in your heart, then you get to where you can pray for people and for yourself and begin to see the Lord do great and awesome things in your life also. And when you can get to where you can do that, living becomes fun. Now, this is how you should live. We are supposed to do exactly what Paul told us in Romans 5:17. To those of us that learn these things, we shall reign on the earth with the Lord. Now, that's why so many Christians never learn how to live because they never learn God's word. And since he is no respecter of persons, if you don't hide this mighty word in your heart, then you'll never be able to have very, a very good prayer life and you'll not see very many tremendous, powerful answers to your prayer. In fact, I might just say I had a couple of awesome uh, answers to prayer. These tapes that I make, and I spend hours and hours making copies of these things and giving them to people because I want to see the Lord do great things. The other afternoon, I had a young man come to see me. He had listened to two different tapes that I had made, and him and his girlfriend had been living together for six and a half years out of wedlock. They listened to these tapes. They came under conviction by the Holy Spirit. They got saved, and they went on a Saturday night. In fact, just been two Saturday nights ago. And they were, re- they were married, and they're both going to a church and have made Jesus Lord of their life. And he was sharing with me this wonderful thing and how the Lord had changed their life. And I just praise the Lord because of the great revelation and wisdom and understanding that he has given me from my dedicated study of the Word of God. And I can see, I see so many people born into the kingdom of God. And then also, uh, only last week, uh, also, uh, was two weeks ago now, I went to visit some people and they wanted some of my tapes. So I took them over there and gave them some of my audio and video tapes. And I noticed the woman had a, a, a spot on her nose and I asked her what it was. She said it was a cancer that was growing on her nose. And I said, well, you know that comes from the devil. That didn't come from God because James 1.17 says all good and perfect gifts comes from the Father. So this is not a good and perfect gift, so you know it comes from the devil. I said, now, she said, would you pray for me? I said, yes, I most definitely will. So I went over there, and I took Mark chapter 16, verse 17 and 18, where Jesus said, these signs shall follow those that believe. They shall cast out demons in his name, and they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall get well. So I went over there and just laid my finger on her nose, and I cursed that cancer in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, and I commanded that demon of hell that had put that thing on her nose to leave her in the name of Jesus. And then I asked the Heavenly Father in the name of Jesus to send the Holy Spirit in to heal and restore everything the devil had messed up in her nose And then I thanked him and praised him and worshipped him for the answer. I did that on Sunday. She had an appointment Thursday to go to the doctor. And before she got to the doctor Thursday, that cancer was completely gone. Praise the Lord. That's the way you get it done. We serve 
an awesome God. So when you get the word in your heart, when you get it and, and you'll not let it depart from your eyes and you'll keep it in the midst of your heart, then the victory will be yours. You can begin to go and out of the, out of the uh, mouth, uh, you will begin to speak great and awesome things. And because once you get this in you, when you get the word in you, then the Lord told us in Matthew 12, verse 34, he says, For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So as you get God's word so abundantly stored up in your heart, when you have read it and studied it like I have for the last 30 years and spend hours and hours every week worshiping, praising, studying, talking about the Word of God, it becomes so ingrained into your heart that you can't help but speak God's Word out of your mouth. And as you do, He will bring the things you say to pass, and you will see great and mighty answers to your prayers. And life lived like this becomes great fun. I believe in all my heart this is the way the Lord planned for his people to live. He planned for us to live the abundant life because he told us in John 10.10, I have come that you may have life and you may have it abundantly or to the full. So it's such a sad thing that so few Christians ever learn these things. But I want people, as many as possible, to learn these things because I've learned what works, and I, do, I just need to do it more myself. I want to worship him and praise him more. I just want to know his word more and more so that I will be a greater blessing to more and more people. And if you will listen to God's word, you will learn how to live because living, when you learn these things from the word of God, becomes fun. You will begin to reign in life like Paul told us in Romans 5, 17. And life literally becomes so much fun to learn what is rightfully yours and what you can do as a son or a daughter of the king of the universe. Praise the name of the Lord. Now the next thing you need to do after you've done all these other things, you need to learn to do what the Holy Spirit says. Now, lots of people call this intuition or, or uh, whatever. But if you're actually led by the Spirit, your, your Spirit will hear from the Holy Spirit, and he will tell you to do things. Now, so many times uh, the Lord has spoken to me at different times to do something, and I went and told somebody or told a pastor or whatever, and sometimes he'll let me do it, and sometimes he won't. But if he tells me not to do it, I don't do it. I have learned uh, that uh, the pastor is supposed to be in charge of the church. He's supposed to be hearing from God himself, and some of them do and some of them don't. Now, it's unfortunate that many men and women of God, in fact, I guess I'll have to say all of us, we miss God. He'll speak to us. He'll tell us to do something, and we won't do it. I can think of one uh, morning I was sitting there in a service when the Spirit spoke to me and spoke one word. It said, Martha. Uh, well, I didn't know a Martha, so I sat there for about five minutes, and he spoke again. He said, Martha. I heard this very clear in my spirit. 
But I didn't know what I was supposed to do because since God's a faith God, he'll give you just a little bit of information and then you have to be able to discern what he wants you to do. Well, in a little while, again, for the third time, the Lord said, Martha. I finally told him, I said, Lord, I just don't know anybody by the name of Martha. I'm going to have to have more information. I don't know what to do. But anyway, the Spirit spoke to me. And as we were getting ready to close the service, the pastor, he said, before we close, I want you all to pray for my sister. She's losing her kidneys, and her name is Martha Scott. Well, now I know exactly what I'm supposed to do. Now then, by knowing the Word of God, I know the Lord is wanting to heal this girl, as he wants to heal all of us, but now I have a divine revelation from the Holy Spirit. So when the service was over, I went to the pastor, and I told him, I said, the Spirit spoke to me this morning and called your sister's name three times before you told us we needed to pray for her. So I said, uh, you need to uh, tell your sister to stand on James 5, 14, 15, and 16 and call the elders of the church to pray over her and anoint her with oil and pray the prayer of faith, and if you will do that, the Lord will heal her. He said, well, yes, I know that scriptural term, and I've seen that done one other time when a woman had breast cancer and said she was healed. Now, isn't that a shame that we have only... He had only seen that as a 30-year-old young man with a master's degree from seminary. He had only seen that one time in his life. Been in church all of his life. Well, anyway, the week came and went, and uh, uh, the young man went to see his sister, but he wouldn't tell her. So the next week when he came back, I said, well, uh, what did uh, Martha say? And he said, well, I didn't tell her. I said, what do you mean you didn't tell her? He said, well, something in my spirit told me not to tell her. I said, you listen to the devil. That was the spirit of Satan. He said, Thurman, I don't listen to the devil. I said, well, you did in this case. Anytime the Holy Spirit speaks to me that clear, and I heard that voice, and he called your sister's name three times, and you didn't tell her what to do, I said, you miss God. But see, there was not anything I could do. I'd done what I was supposed to do, but... He missed God. Now, since he missed the Lord and his sister lost her kidneys, a few months later we were in a service there on a Sunday night and the Holy Spirit spoke to me in such a gentle, quiet spirit, a voice, I almost missed God. And I'm saying, Lord, I don't really understand what you want to do. But Lord, whatever you want to do, I'm yielded to you. I'll do anything you tell me to do. So, About that time, the service was over, and the pastor said, let's stand and be dismissed. So as we stood, immediately the Holy Spirit led me into the aisle, and I'm on the way down to the front, and I'm saying, Lord, what am I supposed to do when I get here? I didn't really know what I was doing, but I was being led by the Spirit. Now then, as I got to the front and walked up to the pastor, the Spirit spoke to me in a clear, audible voice. He said, call this church to pray for Martha Scott, and I will heal her. So, since I was already down there, and I'd done just exactly what the Lord told me to do, then the church does belong to God. Now, he can do anything he wants to do. So, I was obedient. I stood up on the podium, and I called the church to pray for Martha Scott. And as we prayed for her, uh, we prayed probably only 10 or 15 minutes, 
And then after the prayer meeting was over, one of the gentlemen there that was a deacon, he said, Thurman, let's go down to that hospital and lay hands on that girl and pray for her because the Word of God says to lay hands on the sick and they will get well. I said, yes, sir, it sure does. I said, it says that in Mark chapter 16, verse 18. So I said, who would like to go with us? Well, the pastor, of course, her brother, and uh, uh, and f- uh, several other men, it was six of us, got in a van and we drove down to Dallas and we got up there in that ICU ward that night. And as we went in there, uh, the lady didn't want to let us in because it was late at night. I told her, I said, well, we understand you all have done all you can do for Martha Scott, so we want to pray for her healing. She said, well, in that case, I'll let you and one other man go in that room. So we went in the room. I read her some scriptures, some powerful scriptures. We laid hands on her. We prayed for her healing, and we thanked the Lord for her healing. Then we went out, and then, of course, her brother, which is a Baptist preacher, and her uh, father, which is also a Baptist preacher, uh, and all of us deacons that were there, we all got in a room, and we praised and prayed and worshiped and thanked the Lord for probably another half hour. And then we left the hospital. We got back in the van, and we sang songs, and we worshiped and praised the Lord all the way back to Justin, which is about a 45, maybe maybe almost an hour drive. So when we got there, we left praising the Lord. Well, the next day, next afternoon, I called, and I says, well, how is Martha? And he said, well, Thurman, they just don't understand. Her count is changing so fast, the doctors just don't understand. I said, well, I figured she'd be out of the hospital by now. But anyway, I didn't call back anymore. I knew she was on her way to healing. And uh, that was on a month, on a Sunday night, and then I called on Monday night. Well, Wednesday night, when I got back to church, there sat Martha in the service. Her kidneys were healed, and she has never had any more problems with those kidneys, and that's been several years ago. So after you've done all these other things, the next thing you need to learn how to do is do what the Holy Spirit says. Now then, don't be a rebel son. If God tells you to do something, if he lays something on your heart, don't be a rebel. Yes, you can be a son of God and be a rebel. There's a lot of them in the church. There's a lot of people in the church that God has told what to do, and so many people won't do what the Lord says. He, he may lay on your heart to go down to the front to minister to somebody or to, or to go visit somebody or uh, to take uh, food to somebody, and lots of people will absolutely say, I don't have time. Ah, yes, I know I need to go visit that person, but I just don't have time. I got things to do. I got more important things to do than go witness or minister to the sick or whatever. And so if you're disobedient, God will stop speaking to you. But you have to stay in a state of prayer and worship and praise. And, and as you do that, the Holy Spirit will speak to you and direct you And whatever you do, be obedient to the Holy Spirit. And he speaks in such a kind, gentle voice. In other words, kind of like a little nudge. Some people say, well, I just had a uh, little, uh, you know, my intuition kind of told me that I needed to go visit this person. No, that wasn't your intuition. That was the Holy Spirit speaking to your spirit. That's the way God communicates with his people. So we have to do it God's way. Now then, uh, anytime the Lord speaks to you and tells you to do something, 
you should always clear it through the pastor. Now, sometimes the pastors will let you do these things, and sometimes they won't. Now then, but he's still the man that's going to, he's once going to make the final decision. I have had the Spirit speak to me many times. And a few of those times when I go tell the pastor or whatever, the Lord spoke to me and had a message for a certain, certain part of the church or someone in the church or whatever. Sometimes, due to some circumstances, he will not let me do that. If he says no, then I just say okay. Because uh, when that happens, we usually miss God. Now, uh, both, if both of us are listening to the Spirit, when I, go, when I get a direct revelation from the Holy Spirit, if I go up there and say, I want to give this, he says, yes, go ahead. Then that confirms to me that we both heard from God. Now then, if one of us, uh, if I heard wrong, then he might say no. And, and that probably has happened a few times too. But we need to make sure that we believe God and we do these things. There are so many, so many churches, especially uh, the type of church that I go to. I just happen to be a Southern Baptist deacon. And since the Lord has begun to give me this great and awesome revelation, there is so much of the time when the Lord gives me a revelation to do something that is scriptural, but yet it's not according to the traditions of the Southern Baptist uh, organization. And especially if it's a word of prophecy or the laying on of hands for the healing or something like this, uh, a lot of times they don't want you to give that because they don't believe in these things. Because And we miss God, but not only in the Baptist church. It's lots of churches miss God whenever God begins to reveal himself to a man or a woman in the church. He's trying his best to bring us up where we should be. And many times we miss the Lord. Because we won't let the men or the women of God that have been anointed by the Spirit that have a message truly from the Lord, well, we will miss it. But all we can do is what the Lord tells us to do. Now then, when you hear God, when you hear His Spirit, always be obedient to do what the Spirit says. And if you'll be obedient, you'll get to where you'll hear from the Lord more and more often and you'll see him do great and wonderful things. Now, many people live within either the permissive will of God instead of the perfect will of God. Now, of course, the perfect will of God is his word. He will reveal himself through his word. Now, he's got many, many different spiritual gifts that he gives to people. Now, if you will listen to the Lord as he gives you a gift, whether it be a gift of teaching, a gift of healing, uh, an evangelist, or whatever of any of the gifts. If the Lord gives you a gift, especially if he gives you a gift that's not something that's normally taught in your church, you must be obedient to that gift. And if that speaking, that perfect will of God in your life, if you want to live an abundant life free of the devil. Because if you get outside of God's perfect will, he will allow the devil to attack you so he can get your attention. And if you're willing to change, then you can live a long, uh, good life. If you're not willing to change, you will die. It's just that simple. When you get outside of God's perfect will, when you start, I've, many a time I've been to a hospital to minister to the sick, and people uh, 50, 40, 50, 60 years old 
that's nowhere close, should be nowhere close to the end of their life and find out those people have gross unforgiveness towards several people holding grudges and those people are dying and doctors have given them up to die now these people are not in God's perfect will in fact the Lord clearly tells you in Matthew chapter 18 verse 21 through 35 that if a man or a woman a married man or a woman get out of a love relationship with other people and start holding a grudge either one of them it will give Satan legal right to the entire family, the man, the woman, the children, the houses, the lands, your bank account, and everything that you have will become legal right of the tormenting spirits. And that's all Satan's waiting for is to be able to jump in there and make you sick or, or destroy things you've worked for or whatever. And God will let him do it. Because he clearly says that if you will not forgive everybody from your heart for everything, your, our Heavenly Father will turn us over to the tormenting spirits. And that's Satan. So when you start walking outside of God's perfect will, you can just be concerned that you're probably going to come down with some kind of sickness in your family or your children, or you're going to start having problems with your home, your equipment, and all kinds of things, your bank account. Who knows the many different ways Satan will come against you. But the thing about it is, repent, ask God to forgive you, and get back in his perfect will and begin to walk in the way that he wants you to walk. And if you will, then you can live to be an old Christian, a healthy Christian, and one that uh, is blessed in everything that you put your hands to. And this is the way we should live. This is how we live. We should live. All Christians don't live that way. But if you're not living in the abundant life that Christ has provided, you need to check out your life because you're not within God's perfect will. Now, if you're in his perfect will, everything will, you do will be blessed. Uh, you will have peace. Your finances will be there. You won't have any major problems of any kind. God will bless you and you will be living and reigning with the Lord on the earth, just like Romans 5, 17 says. And be an obedient son or daughter. It sure does pay good dividends. Praise the Lord. Now, to really, really live, if you will keep God's word before your eyes, read it, study it, speak it. As you go through the day, speak God's word, pray God's word. Tell the Lord, as you go through the day, say, Lord, thank you, Jesus, that you are my healer. You're the one who keeps me strong. You said, let the weak say they are strong. You're the one that gives me my health. You're the one that says, you renew my youth daily like the eagles. Speak God's word. You know, if, you, if you'll speak these kind of words out, if you'll tell the Lord, Father, in the name of Jesus, you're the best businessman I ever met. I know all of my bills are paid glory to God and that I'm going to do great in everything I set my hand to, that I'm going to have not only a few dollars in the bank, but I'm going to have thousands of dollars in the bank. I'm going to have everything I need because you said that you had, would meet all of my needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I want to say thank you, Lord, for my children. Thank you, Lord, for my children not having no needs. And thank you, Lord, that my children have plenty of money in the bank. And that's the way we're going to live forever, ever. Because thank you, Lord, 
because I'm going to give my money to help other people's ministries. And men and women will give back to help me again because you said in your word, that's the way it'll be. In fact, you said in Philippians 4.19, if I was a tither, the few verses in front of Philippians 4.19, you said because these people were tithers, now then that all of my needs should be met according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And you all told me in 6.38, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, shall men give into my bosom. For with the same measure that I give, it shall be measured to me again. So, if you will continue to pray and speak God's word, I, I believe that I'll never have a need. And I, in fact, I believe that I can do anything because the Lord told me, if I can believe his word, he says in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. And he told me in Mark 9.23, if I can believe, nothing shall be impossible with me. So I want you to confess those things. Do not slack up on your confession. You need to continually confess God's Word. Don't just read God's Word. Study God's Word. I mean study, you know, so that you can show yourself approved unto God. Really, really study God's Word. And if you will begin to really study God's Word, and you will begin to understand what God's Word says, and then... As you do this, you'll begin to understand that there is a lot of things in our churches that are little pet doctrines that we have that are not according to the Word of God. So what you'll need to do, you'll need to forget those things, and you'll need to start doing it God's way. Now then, if you happen to go to a church that don't believe in the laying on of hands for healing, then you need to get away from that little pet doctrine and a lot of churches don't believe this. Now, uh, a lot of churches don't believe in the magnificent thing of putting God's Word on the line to get your prayers answered. But I've learned since I've started doing that, that's the only way I get prayers answered. I'll just tell you a quick little story here of how uh, when you get rid of these little pet doctrines and you, you start confessing the right things and, and you take uh, verses from the Word of God, and it only takes just a, in fact, it only takes one verse to get an awesome thing done because uh, this couple, about, in fact, it's been five years ago. Five years ago, a young couple called me over to their home and they had a, an 11-year-old son. And this boy had had warts all over his body. He had them on his eyes and his eye, on his eyelids. He had them in his nose. He had them on his face, on his chin. He had them on his, uh, all over the tops of both hands, under the bottom of his hands, on his fingernails. He just had big, huge warts all over him. And they had burned some of the ones off of his hands, on the backs of his hands, but they came right back in the scars. So I went over there, and they asked me to come over, and I went over and sat down with them. And as we talked about the Word of God, I told him, I, he said he hated it because this little 11-year-old boy said he hated it because Everybody in school called him Warty. I said, well, son, there's something you need to know about God. I said, need does not move the hand of God. Only faith. I said, now, God will let you die with those warts. But I said, if you will come to God on behalf of his scripture, if you'll do that, take the word of God and come to him. I said, he'll stop the world to take those warts off of your body. 
I guarantee it. But I said, you have to learn what pleases God. Now, he tells us clearly in Hebrews 11:6, without faith or without the knowledge of the Word of God, it's impossible to please him. So I said, this afternoon, since Romans 10:17 says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, then I'm going to spend a little time this afternoon taking the Word of God, and I'm going to show you many of these great and awesome promises that God has written for us in his Word. So for the next two and a half hours or so, I led that couple and that young boy through the Word of God, building their faith, showing them the mighty things the Lord says he will do. Well, after two and a half hours, I said, now, his name was Philip. I said, now, Philip, do you believe that the Jesus that I read about in these scriptures can take these warts off your body? He said, Mr. Scribner, after what I've heard you read in that book, I believe he can do anything. I said, well, son, he can. And I said, that's great faith. So I said, now we won't have any problem getting these great things done. I said, now then, let's find a scripture to base our faith on. And I turned to Matthew chapter 18, verse 19, where Jesus speaking clearly said, Again, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask me for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. I said, now there is a verse that will definitely get these warts removed from your body. I said, so there's five of us, counting your mom, your dad, your sister, and, and you and me. And so the Lord says, if just two, and he said, if we're on earth. And I said, all five of us are on earth. So we meet all the criteria. We have our sins confessed. We're walking in a love relationship with the Lord. So I said, let's kneel here on the floor, and I will base my faith on uh, Matthew 18:19. And I'll ask the Heavenly Father in the name of Jesus. Now, that's the only way you can get a prayer answered. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus. On behalf of your word, it is written, Matthew 18, 19. And I asked the Lord to remove those warts off of Philip's body. And I thanked him for it because he said, Never come and ask me for anything without thanksgiving. So we worshipped him. We praised him. We thanked him for it. And then when we stood up, his mother said, When are they going to come off? I said, Well, that's the only thing the Lord don't tell me. But I said, I will guarantee you on the word of the living God, which cannot be broken, that if you will stay in faith with me with no doubt, they will come off. I said, now we'll tell you something else. When I leave here, there will be an enemy that will come in here, and he's one of Satan's demons. He will begin to attack your mind to say, now you really don't think just because that man came over here and spoke a few words out of that Bible and then knelt there on the floor and spoke a few words into the atmosphere that these warts that Phillips has had for eight years are really going to come off. And remember, the ones that they burned off the back of his hands came right back in the scars. I said, the devil will do everything he can to get you not to believe God's word. But I said, God's word clearly said that if two of us on earth agree about anything we ask, providing we ask in faith on behalf of his word, it will be done for us. So I said, if the devil comes in and attacks you with that, you just open God's word and you read it to him. Read it out loud and tell him, devil, look what Jesus said. And I said, if you will stay in faith with me with no doubt, I guarantee this one scripture, this one verse of scripture will get your warts removed. So what, what uh, happened? I left there that Sunday afternoon at about 530 and went across the street to church. 
And the next morning, when the mother comes in to check the boy, the big warts on the ends of his fingers were already gone overnight. Don't we serve an awesome Lord? Well, it didn't take much then for them, after they began to see their miracle happening, to stay in faith. So over the next three weeks, all of Philip's warts went away. And then the fourth week, even the scars on the back of his hands, where they'd burned them off, our precious Jesus even removed the scars. Now that goes to show you what can be done if you're walking right, living right, listening to the Spirit, take the Word of God, and you can live like this. And this is the way every one of us Christians should be living. We should be living in this realm, and we should be just absolutely speaking God's Word, and we should be seeing the Lord absolutely do great and awesome things every day of our life. Because... Philip's warts all left, even the scars left the boy's hand. The boy's 16, nearly 17 years old now. And last time I saw him, his skin was just as perfectly smooth and he was a handsome young man. So that's what God will do for us if we come to him on behalf of his word, studying, worshiping, praising, loving, come to him on behalf of his word and listen to the spirit and the Lord will show us how to live. Now, this is the way every Christian should be living. We should all be experiencing these kind of mighty things in our life. Now, I want to tell you that your confession is one of... I, I, it took me a lot of years to understand the power of confession. But don't live in a world where you meet all kinds of people and you talk and say the same things they do. Because the world don't talk God's Word. The world speaks the devil's kingdom. So whatever you do, don't speak the kind of words that comes out of the mouth of most people. First of all, you need, as you go through the day, you need to be speaking God's word. Now then, talk to God first. And after you've talked to God, then you can talk to anybody you want to. But when you talk to them, make sure you're using God's word. You know, if you will talk God's word, great things will happen. You need to learn the Word, you need to believe what it says, and then you need to do it, because the Scripture clearly says that faith without works is dead. Now then, so many people don't understand what it means to speak God's Word. We pray for somebody, and if somebody don't get their answer right now, then if we're not careful, we'll turn and say, well, it didn't work. Well, when you say that, there was doubt, and it won't work. I can remember a man we prayed for 14 years ago that the Lord had spoken to me, and this man had stage 4 lymphoma, terminal cancer, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me in front of his room and told me to tell him to call the men of the church together to pray over him, and he would heal him. So I went and told the man. Of course, it was difficult for the man to believe what the Lord said in James 5, 14, 15, and 16. Now, see, the Lord has put a lot of promises in his word. Most of us don't know these promises are in there. But after we learn they're in there, not only do we have to learn them, we have to believe them, and then we have to do what it says to be able to receive from the Lord. So I went to this man and taught him. Uh, I said, now you need to learn what James 5:14, 15, and 16 says because it says, is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church, have them pray over him and anoint him with oil, and the prayer offered in faith 
will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. If your sickness is due to a sin, the Lord will forgive the sin. The Lord will heal you. Therefore, confess your faults one to another that you may be healed. So now we've got some things we've got to do. We've got to learn this scripture. We've got to believe God meant what he said when he said it, and then we've got to do it. So now then, you've got to call, the, after you've learned it, you've got to believe it's done, you've got to call the elders of the church and have them pray over you and anoint you with all. And when, you have, when they pray over you, those men have to pray in faith. So you must tell them, when you pray, you must pray, believing I'm healed. Now then, if you get instantly healed, that's magnificent. But this man did not get instantly healed. He was destined to die. He had stage 4 lymphoma, terminal cancer. We anointed him with oil. We prayed over him and began to thank the Lord and praise him for his complete healing. But it took six months for this man to be totally, completely healed. But that's been 14 years ago. And this man is still completely well today. So, the main thing is learn God's Word, believe what it says, and then do what it says. And then after you've done all those things, you've met all that criteria, go and begin to let your confession agree with what God's Word said. He said that the prayer of faith will save the sick. Not maybe, not sometimes. He says it will. So you have to go ahead and continue to do that. You know, now be sure that after you've done what the Word of God says, make sure you continue to say what God's Word says. So if you continue to worship Him and praise Him and thank Him, if everything you say is right as you worship and praise the Lord, you will get whatever, whatever. In other words, if you were believing God for finances, they will come. If you're believing God for healing, the healing will come. Now, praise God, we love it whenever the Lord reaches down from heaven and heals somebody instantly. And I've had the privilege to see the Lord do that several times. But he doesn't always do that. Sometimes he heals over a period of time. Like this man, Ed Brock, took six months for Ed to be healed. But a man with stage four lymphoma terminal cancer in every organ of his body in six months to be totally well after you've done what God's Word says on James 5, 14, 15. We did it, and the man has been healed for 14 years. He's alive and well today. But you must believe God. You must learn what He says, and then you must believe it, and then you must act on it. And then, then your confession must agree with God's Word. The Word says you're healed. So you should say, if it was healing you needed, you should thank God. I believe they prayed in faith, so I'm healed, and begin to go. Now, it may take a matter of minutes to a matter of months, but if, if you will believe God, you'll get it. Now, I don't care what the problem is. If you'll take a scripture like Mark 9:23, where Jesus speaking to that man that had his son that was uh, uh, afflicted with a demon, an evil spirit, when the Lord says, when that man asked the Lord, says, Lord, if you can do anything, please help me. Jesus literally said to that man, if you can believe, nothing shall be impossible with you. Now, he's either God and he meant what he said, or he's crazy. But since we know God is God and he meant what he said, then you should be able to take a scripture like that, and I don't care what the problem is. If you have a anything wrong with you, 
or your son or your daughter. If you've got a child with a deformed leg or a crippled knee or whatever it is, you should take God's Word, find you a scripture, speak to that thing, pray over it, speak to it, command it to be healed in the name of Jesus, and then begin to do that and worship and praise the Lord and continue to do that every day. If you will do that, it may take a day, it may take a week, it may take two years. But if you will not give up, and you will not doubt, and if you will worship and praise the Lord through it all, I guarantee you will get your result. But you must worship Him, you must praise Him, you must let your confession be right, and you must be walking in obedience to God's Word. Because He is the King of the universe. He's God. He knows your heart. So if you will do that, and you'll let your talking uh, always be right, and actually... The world that you live in is formed by your words. Now, this is when I learned this about the power of my confession. The world that I live in, I have spoken it into existence with my mouth. I live in a world that I have spoken over the last 60 years. And I can remember when I was a young man, when I was growing up, I was always very slim. I was very fast. And I moved and done things. And people say, Thurman, you can't do this. I said, oh, yes, I can. I can do all things. Nothing shall be impossible with me. People would say, well, just wait till you get to, to be middle aged and you'll start getting the middle age spread. I said, no, not me. I am never going to be overweight. I am never going to overweight. I am going to control what I eat. And I am going to serve God. And I will never be overweight. And I'm now... 61 years old, and I'm still exactly the same size I was 30 years ago. I wear the same size pants that I did 30 years ago. I have never gained any weight. I have I was weighed from 172 to 190 for the last 30 years. I have I but I have spoke that into existence. I I said that I would build me a new home. I asked the Lord to provide me a few acres of land and a new home by the time I was 50 years old and it for it all to be paid for. I said that for 10 years as I was asking the Lord to show me where to invest my money and he showed me and I invested my money and we were just a little old 50, 51 years old somewhere along there. We had built a beautiful two-story home. We built it ourselves. My wife and I and my children, we built this home on a beautiful piece of land and we have we don't owe a penny on it. We didn't owe a penny on it when we got through with it. We built it and paid cash for it as we went. But it took us three and a half years. But I spoke my world that I live in into existence. I have constantly said I can do all things. And you can. If you'll just believe God, you'll speak it. It will come to pass. Now, I've seen lots of people that lived in the church, that went to church, that were good Christians, that were even tithers, but they never never were blessed. Now, then, they've never claimed anything. So if you've never claimed anything, you don't have anything. That's just how simple it is. You know, the Lord has given us a new covenant that we are to live in. In fact, he, he says in Hebrews 8, Verse 6, he says, But now hath Jesus obtained a more excellent ministry, by how much also 
He is the mediator of a better covenant which was established upon better promises. Now this better covenant is enjoyed by, is, is enjoyed by people who learn how to talk right. You know, as I mentioned earlier, whatever state that you're in today, your own mouth puts you there. Your mouth or your tongue is like the steering wheel of your car. Now then, the Lord told us clearly here, he says, Behold, we put bits in a horse's mouth that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships which, though they are so great, are driven by fierce winds, yet they are turned about with a very small helm for the server the governor listeth. Even so the tongue is a little member, and it boasts great things. That's in James chapter 3, verse 3, 4, and 5. And then in Proverbs 28, 12, the Lord says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So if you want to have a great day, get up speaking what you want. Thank the Lord as you begin your day. Thank God that you're going to have a great day. Thank God that everything's going to be great. Thank God that you're going to have a successful day today. Nothing just happens to you. Things happen. Nothing happens without you allowing it to happen. When bad things start to happen to you or the devil starts to run over you or you start to have a, de- a sad day, that's not from God. That's the enemy. The Lord says that whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. If you want to have a good day, then you're going to have to say. You're going to have to kick the devil out and you're going to have to speak it. You're going to have to take authority over it. If any kind of sickness and disease tries to come upon you, you don't have to be sick. Jesus, with his stripes, you were healed on the cross. If the devil tries to put a headache on you, Jesus was clear in Isaiah 53, 4, that he bore your pain on the cross. So don't let the devil do these things. Speak to it. Command that pain to leave. Command that sickness and disease to leave in the name of Jesus. And whatever you say... Is what will happen to you. In other words, if you will be like God, since God made you in his image, when God wanted a world, he spoke, the scripture says, and the world came into existence. Because he clearly told us in Hebrews 11:3, he says, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. And then after he goes right on down there in Genesis 1:26, and the Lord God said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. Now then, all of the good things that you see, the lakes, the mountains, the everything, they were formed by words out of the mouth of God. And that same kind of thing happens to you all of the time. Your world is formed out of the words that you speak from your mouth out of your confession. There's all kinds of power in your confession. Any kind of power you want, just name it. Anybody in the world can be successful if you learn how to talk. Anybody can be successful, but you're going to have to learn how to speak it. You can have anything you want from God if you'll learn how to talk. Now, I don't mean just talking natural talk, like going to somebody's house and talking about the weather or what you saw on television. Anybody can hold a conversation. 
I'm talking about looking up scriptures that apply to your life. Scriptures that you need to learn how to live. Scriptures that covers your case, what you want. And then get them on the inside of you so you can talk right. When you begin to speak, everything around you comes into being by your speaking God's word. So whatever you do, if you want to be prosperous, you want to be successful, you want to be healthy, you want to learn God's word and how to be an obedient son. And if you will do this, then this is the way we as Christians should live. And when you learn to live like this, you begin to live a great and mighty and wonderful life. It's all according to the words that come out of your mouth. You speak the world you live in into existence. So whatever you do, get into God's word, learn how to talk, learn God's word, and learn how to be an obedient son or daughter that will worship him, praise him, and speak a world of success into existence for you. Because that's what he wants. That's how he wants you to live. That's this great and awesome covenant that he talked about there in Hebrews 8, 6. This better covenant with better promises. This is what's yours if you'll learn how to speak it. Praise the Lord. Now then, I'm going to give you some scriptures to confirm how powerful the word of God is about confession brings your procession. Now then, when we come to Matthew 21, 21, in Matthew chapter 21, uh, the few verses that precede uh, verse 21, Jesus had spoken to a fig tree, and the fig tree had died. Now, he said to that tree, may you never bear fruit again. And that tree died. Just withered up. And whenever the disciples saw this, they were greatly marveled. They marveled this greatly. asked, how is it that the fig tree has withered away all at once and in verse 21 Jesus answered him and said truly I say to you now here's the biggest word in the whole word of God the next word if now that's the problem if too many of us Christians don't believe we go by the ifs but listen to this truly I say to you if you have faith in other words the amplified Bible says a firm, relying trust, and do not doubt you will not only do what has been done to the fig tree, but even if, now here's another one of those ifs, those big words, but even if you say to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea, it will be done. A lot of ifs in that verse, isn't there? And then he makes this awesome statement in verse 22, and whatever you ask for in prayer, having faith, and really believing, you will receive. Now, this is the thing about this. <clears throat> I just marvel, since I've learned these mighty things, I marvel at the people in the church with this magnificent promise. And this is just many, one of many the Lord has given us. I just marvel at us. When we go about and never take God's word, we get sick or we, we're not able to meet our financial need or whatever. Maybe we're not even a tither. Of course, that'll put you under a curse. But people say the wrong things. They don't realize the importance of scriptures like this in Matthew 21, 21. 
Jesus answered and said, Truly I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what has been done to the fig tree, but even if you say to the mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea, it will be done. Now then, speak to your mountain. If you want to see God do great things for you, you begin to speak to your mountain by faith. I think about the people. I think about people in church that their children die early or they're sick and afflicted or they're born with handicaps and even the people themselves have multiple problems and they never take God's word and stand on it. Jesus made us a promise here. Your confession will bring your possession. If you have faith, Now, what is faith? That's knowing God's word and standing on it with no doubt in your heart. Because he says, if if you have faith, and I've come to realize that most of us don't have any faith. But it says, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what has been done to the fig tree, but even if you say to your mountain, be taken and cast into the sea, it will be done. So whenever... Something begins to happen to us. Uh, A headache comes to us. We just uh, think that's just a normal way of life. That's not the way we should live. That is not the abundant life that the Lord told us that we should live in this realm. We've been trained by the, the world. If you get a headache, what do you do? You go take an aspirin or an anison or whatever. No, you don't. You speak to it. In the name of Jesus, that headache did not come from God. That headache comes from the devil. That growth on your children or those anything, bad eyes, it doesn't make any matter what, it did not come from God. God gave you all good and perfect gifts comes from the Father. If you want things to change, speak to it. But what do we do? We speak to it and say the wrong things. We get up in the morning and say, oh, honey, I'm sick. My head hurts or I hurt so bad. And if you keep saying that, that's exactly what you're going to have. You're going to have what you say. Because the Lord told us here that we can have what we confess. So if you you speak to your mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea, he says that mountain will obey you. Now then... The thing about it is that so many people, they're ashamed of God's Word. They really don't believe God's Word. They'll read a magnificent promise like this and then they'll say, Well, but, I mean, I I don't really believe God means I have to do it just exactly like that. Maybe it'll work for me some other way. No, it won't. It will not work for you some other way. You've got to be able to believe God when you ask him for something. He says, you must come to me with bold faith. He says, if you have faith and doubt not, God does not want you to doubt. He wants wants you to work with your faith because God is a faith God and he's training you and me to be the same kind of people he is. Now then, if you're not willing to, if you're a pastor, or you're a leader in the church, and you don't believe these mighty promises, 
you'll be just like the people was in Jesus' hometown of Nazareth. Over there, when he went back to his own hometown, he was amazed there at the people's lack of faith. They did not believe because of their doubt, because of their unbelief. There he, Jesus, could do no mighty works because of their unbelief. So whatever you do, learn to talk to your mountain. It may not happen immediately, and it may happen immediately. But speak to your mountain and believe God and don't give up and you will have whatsoever you confess. So say what you want. Speak to your mountain. Anytime sickness, disease, or a sad day, or depression, or anything else tries to come upon you, that does not come from God. That comes from the devil. So speak to it and command it to leave you, and it will. But then the things you want to happen to you Speak those into existence from God's word. And if you will begin to say what God says about you, and you'll begin to speak them as an obedient son or daughter, you will begin to see your world greatly change.